This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today visiting with Melissa Vincent, the CEO of Nine Tribe here in Oklahoma City. Melissa, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. I thought what we would do is uh, start out by hearing a little bit about Nine Tribe and the services that you offer, and then maybe go into hearing the story about how you started the company. Perfect. I would love to do that. Uh, I started Nine Tribe about five years ago, and I started it as a boutique software development firm, and specifically working with startups, trying to offer them a way to have inexpensive development that was still quality development, um, and also offering strategy and um, operational and business development services. Basically, everything that you need to have um, an instant infrastructure team when you're coming out as a startup. That was what Nine Tribes started and was all about over the past five years. It's kind of ended up growing into my own kind of private incubator where I've used that to launch several other of my own startups and companies. And um, what I found through the whole process is that I really love creating new companies and um, getting them to a certain point and then either handing them off or hopefully get to acquisition. So that is in a very short nutshell how Nine Tribes started and what we do. Oh, very good. Very good. And then uh, to hear a little bit, uh, if we could, about uh, your experiences in starting the company and, and maybe talking a little bit about, about how the company has evolved over the years. Yeah. So my background had been, um, I moved here from Pennsylvania 13 years ago. And when I moved here, um, ended up working part-time for a technology startup. And that company um, ended up being successfully sold. And then I stayed on with the angel investor and um, that had been behind that startup to start another startup. And so I started seeing these um, companies from infancy all the way through, and it was a fascinating process. And so about five years ago, I recognized that there was this, to me, what felt like a unique need in the market, specifically probably here either, at least in Oklahoma City, maybe the Midwest. But, um, you know, you have this, interesting situation when it comes to software development where if you don't code you have no idea how to one communicate fully with a developer um two you're at a disadvantage because if they change timelines if they change cost you have no way to say well no that's not right look we're this far along in the code i know because i can code um so you end up being at this very um difficult process where you're either feeling like you're not on the same team as your developer because you're kind of battling on this timeline is still this timeline and we can't go past it or you end up you know having cost change and then you have the whole concept of do we have in-house do we have you know offshore and like there's just all of these options and it's overwhelming even when you've experienced it and so one of the advantages I had had in working with several different startups that weren't my own is that I had seen a variety of types of development. We had an in-house team in one. We had offshore in another, in different countries, different time zones. So you start to see this pattern of, you know, what seems to work and what doesn't. And at my heart, I'm really just a matchmaker. And so for me, when I started Nine Tribe, it was like, okay, well, I feel like we have to pull back this little man behind the curtain thing that we have going that's Wizard of Oz, like, and just be able to have this transparency. So I started Nine Tribe hoping to create that transparency. And from there, realized that, you know, it's more than just development when you're creating a startup. Um, you know, we were dealing with people who had been in their industry, um, you know, 10, 15 years, not, 
you know, someone who was just out of college, they had all this industry experience, but they didn't have that technology background or that startup background. And so ultimately, I started matchmaking different development teams with a startup. Okay, they needed this time zone or their personality fit with this either culture or they really needed to be, you know, U.S.-based versus offshore. So I started matchmaking. And then after that, I started having um, startups say, well, hey, we're looking for investment now. And so once again, the matchmaker and me came out and I thought, well, I know some angel investors, I should connect them. And, you know, and in a lot of ways, when it first started, it was kind of a means to an end. I needed to get paid on the development side. They needed investors to pay me on the development side. So let's make this match, make it's a win-win for everyone. And then at some point that turned into where I was getting people coming to me and saying, oh, I hear you're the person to talk to about investment. And I thought, well, I mean, no, but yeah, I mean, I can't help myself. I want to, you know, match make people and, you know, you can see these personality fits. So I kept doing that and that turned into adding some strategic services around what Nine Tribe traditionally offered, which was just the development because there was a need. And I enjoyed using my network to, you know, help our startups connect with people that maybe otherwise they never would have met. And so, you know, I've been fortunate to have a, a very diverse background and a, an incredible network of people and resources. And so, again, it's just all that matchmaking and the fun of helping the startups that I work with on multiple levels outside of just the development, but the development and finding the right investor fit and looking at all the options that are out there and what makes the most sense for them. And then that last step is that strategy and the network of, okay, well, now we have a product. Who can beta test this for us? Or who, and just knowing people, uh, you know, across the country that you can go to and say, hey, would you help the startup? And knowing that they will. Um, it's nice being in Oklahoma City because we don't typically have access to the coast like that. So just being able to give our clients that access, whether they're here in Oklahoma or, you know, wherever they are, it's just been a really great journey. Oh, yeah. I was wondering uh, with people who are starting new businesses or with startup ventures, is it sometimes a challenge if, 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 for instance, if they have an idea or kind of a big picture about what, what, you know, what they want to do as far as the difference between that and being able to actually execute that on the technology side? I was just curious if, if you sometimes find that there's a, in terms of a, a gap there as far as, you know, knowing what you want to do, but, you know, how do you actually, how do you actually get that done? Yes. And I think that's where that's, sh- the strategic services, it's like if you know your industry really, really well, whether that's oil and gas or, you know, educated, whatever that is, you know that really, really well. And so how that translates into development and timelines and beta and all these processes that when you're in the startup world are very natural and fluid, when you're just starting out and your background is in your industry but not in technology, there is this big gap because it's like, wait, that's going to take, you know, eight weeks or that's going to cost what or you know why would I want to just build build a minimum viable product versus build the whole thing I want to see all the pieces all at once and so it's interesting to see where you can step in and say well let's phase this right or one of the biggest gaps that I always see is that people think because they can see their vision so clearly that there's no way that they're going to miss anything when Mm. they're building out the specs for development. So it's like, well, it needs to have all these things because I've mapped this out so well. And the one piece of advice I always try to give our startups is you're never going to have everything mapped out. You're going to have adjustments. You're going to have changes. Not even saying you're going to have phase two and phase three, although a lot of times you do, but 
there's just no way you're going to you're going to be able to capture everything and it's okay if you get to a certain point and say well man we forgot this piece now that's the benefit of working with a great development team is that hopefully they're able to give you the insight from their years of experience to say, you know, you really need a forgot password button or something like that. You know, <laughs> some of the things that when you're thinking from your your industry, you're just thinking through, well, it needs to do these end outcomes. You're not thinking through the user experience or the user flow and all those pieces that need to be in there. So, you know, you can get to the end. And if you have a development team that's only building what you ask for, you will get only what you ask for versus that kind of strategic interaction where you're saying, well... Yes, but we need to think through X, Y, and Z because what happens if they forgot their password and what happens if this happens and being able to add that strategy because, you know, that's the hard part. That's where that gap comes in in communicating a vision for a project and having the right development team is that so often you don't realize that that is a normal part of the process to miss things. Um, and so you want a team that's going to hopefully catch as many of those as you can but there's still going to be some that you're going to miss, and that's completely okay. Oh, yeah. And, and part of the process, a natural, healthy part of the process, really. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then I wonder, too, as far as with the, uh, the startup clients that you've worked with over the years, if there's any more, uh, I guess what you call maybe the most, and I'm not going to necessarily put you on the spot, as far as the most memorable uh, story, as far as uh, you know, the journey of a, of a startup you know, from a concept to, you know, to actually operational you know what that is a okay so one of my favorite stories um and one of my favorite clients there is a startup that they are um they're an oil and gas uh software startup and again oil and gas is something that is traditionally very high on technology on drilling and it's a little bit slower on catching up on technology around operations and um the startup owner in particular, there were two of them, and they came to us and said, you know, we have this idea, and they were veterans in their industry. And they were like, we, but we don't want to do this ourselves. We just want to give you the idea, and then you can build it, and we'll just, you know, whatever that looks like, let's structure something unique, because they, the last thing they wanted to do was run a startup. Hmm. And I remember when I first met them, I thought, man, these people are going to be great at running a startup. And... <laughs> Seeing them through the years, so their their company is profitable, it's doing great, and they're running it. Oh, and it's wow. just the power of, you know, when you're out of, when you're a fish out of water, you know, which most startups are, or at least the ones that we deal with, because again, they're coming out of a, being entrenched in an industry, there's just this feeling of like, no, I can't do it. Like, that's, whew, no. But when you look at what they've done in their career, it's like, what can't you do, right? <laughs> and so they were just so unique to have that first meeting. All I could think was, oh my gosh, they're going to be the best startup founders. And then they're like, so here's the thing. We don't want to run it. And we're like, wait, what? But you would be so fantastic. And so just to see, you know, and I think that that's where that becoming a team with them and that infrastructure comes in so in handy because you get to be a cheerleader where you're just like, no, you can really do that. All you need is a little bit of like, go this way, not that way, you know? And then the next thing, no, okay, well, here's some insight to think through. But they were so incredibly talented. They just needed a little bit of time and a little bit of runway to be able to, you know, kind of get their, their, you know, their feet under them and get stable and realize that there really wasn't anything that they couldn't do. And so I love that story because of not only just, the personal relationships and how they realized how well they could do in it. But their technology was something that was really needed and 
you know, they came out and they were able to just be profitable. They ran lean. They did all the things that, you know, textbook wise, you tell a startup to do and they did it. And now they are, you know, running this successful company and it started with a conversation of saying, but we're not going to run it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then, and I have to wonder too, uh, you know, it seems like there are now with all, a lot of the business incubators that mm-hmm. are opening up and you're seeing so much more of a, an emphasis, especially with younger people, you know, wanting to actually do that and maybe not waiting to until they've been in a career for 20 or 25 years. And I was just curious if you have, you know, maybe any words of wisdom or just some of, some of the lessons learned that you've, the lessons that you've seen your clients learn or that you've learned along with them or watched them learn that, uh, that you might pass on to, to people who are actually thinking about doing this? That's a great question. I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's also in the startup world, and we were talking about how there's been this shift over the past at least 13 years that I've been in the startup world of more recently over the past few years of more and more people being like, oh, I have this really great idea, and I think I could run a company. And you have to have this very strong awareness of of the sacrifices and what it takes to actually run a company Um, because you have other people's money that, you know, if you go after the investment versus bootstrapping, you're responsible for building something with people's money that they've invested in you. And that is something that is a very important thing to always keep in focus. Um, If you bootstrap it yourself, you're basically living off of, you know, meager means a lot of times, unless you were fortunately born very wealthy. So you're trying to, you know, bootstrap it and and do it as leanly as possible. And, you know, at first, you know, you would see people coming and it's like they came with an awareness of if this isn't hard, you know, like this better be hard or otherwise I'm probably not doing it right. And I call it the Shark Tank phenomenon because I think that's what's the root of it. But there's been this shift where instead of people realizing going into startups that it's going to be really hard, it's like, well, I have a great idea. I'm just going to pitch it to someone. They're going to say yes, and off I go with all this money. And it's like, but that's not how it is at all. Mm. And when you have these shows where, you know, you see a snippet here, and then you see, like, you know, six months later, they're making a million dollars and everything's great, like, the the hard part is that you miss that very, very important middle step. And that's the most critical part because that's where you either succeed or fail. And you can have an amazing idea, brilliant idea, but the, you know, the piece of heart and determination that it takes to see you through that stretch between the part of Shark Tank where they get the investment and then when they follow up with them that's the part that is where I think we lose so many, you know, new budding entrepreneurs. And I think that it's, you just have to remember that it is really hard. And if you go in with that mindset of, I'm going to, I'm so passionate about this. I'm going to give it everything that I have. And I'm probably not going to make a lot of money right away. Cause that's the other thing is that there's this sense of like, oh, well, I have an idea. It's brilliant. And I'm going to make a million dollars in the first year. That's just not, it's a long haul. And you're, you're basically, giving up a lot, you're giving up a steady paycheck, time off, or you're giving up all these things, and the right personality fit, there's nothing better than that. Mm. But if you're not built for that, then you may end up getting partway through, and when it starts to get tough, you kind of pull the parachute, and you're like, well, I'm out. And so I think that that's the piece, it's just going into it, realizing that it's going to be really hard, don't be surprised by it, just solve one problem, then the next, then the next, and stick with it. 
Yeah, it, it's, it kind of almost gets me thinking about the human element of this. In other words, I was at, for, you know, first, I, I know with business, you know, we, there's a tendency we're looking at the, the execution. In other words, you know, how we do this to make this happen, but really looking at the, the human element of this about what it feels like, you know, to be grinding this out day mm-hmm. to day and, 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 and sticking with this and, yeah. and seeing it through. And I was wondering, too, as far as, um, I guess, getting your thoughts on how important it is for people that are doing this to, in terms of support systems, you know, as far as emotional support, mentor, you know, having a mentor or mentors, you know, as far as if you had any thoughts on that, just as, as, as what you would tell someone if they were looking to, you know, they were actually getting started, you know, yeah. with the business. I, that is such a great question, and I think that that actually makes all the difference. Um, there are so many points when you're running a startup where you feel like, especially when you're in an area, and I love that Oklahoma City is growing in this, you know, and in, in being much more open to startups, but we're still small. We're still in, at a young stage in that, and so if you look around, there aren't just, you know, new startups and entrepreneurs everywhere. A lot of new restaurants. But not a lot of us. I mean, there's a lot of, like, great things going on. But, you you know, we're still creating this culture for startups. And because of that, there's a little bit of a vacuum that happens. And when you're in that vacuum and you run into what you feel like is a failure, your first thought is, like, it's a failure. And I'm so thankful because while I didn't have any female mentors as I was going, you know, going through the 13 years that I've been here and I... I did have some really great mentors and their willingness to be vulnerable, to share their failures and to share all the things that they did wrong was so inspiring to me because they didn't have to do that. Like they're so successful at this point. They could have just been like, Oh, it was easy. But for them to share, you know, Hey, I maxed out every credit card to make this happen. And now they are there, but it's, it's those things that, it, it it just had such an impact on me. And I remember thinking that at some point, like, I had to go back. And in my mind, I pictured it being, like, a lineman for other female entrepreneurs. Because you, when you're in it, you just don't know. And so it's like you, you want to shield them and, and help at least try to guide them through some of the barriers that I know that I went through. Not having a woman in business or a female entrepreneur to say, hey... Yeah, they're going to assume that you don't know what you're talking about because you're a woman. Or they're going to look... But you can use that to your advantage Mm. and, you know, see that as a strength, not a weakness. And, you know, all of these things that I've learned as I've gone through. And I always just... Probably because I love sports, but I always pictured, like, being a lineman. And you're just clearing the path for the women behind you. And you can't, you know, help them not run into any of the hurdles that you ran into. But if you can make an easier path for everyone behind you, that's what we're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like... With Oklahoma City being in its infancy and, you know, it's being so young in the startup world, it's even, you know, more so when you look at women and technology and startups. And so being able to, you know, wanting that to be something that you can do, that you can provide this, hey, here's a, here's some protection to all the things, or at least here's a guide for you. So the mentorship means the world to me. I think that that is one of the key elements is giving back and saying, okay, those same things that I probably would have, you know, would I have given up if, you know, someone hadn't at the right moment said, hey, that's normal, or hey, this is normal. It's like a support group, you know, you just, you need that help of other people because you live in a vacuum, and you live in isolation a lot of times and when you're in a, a city that doesn't have a huge startup community around it and it's growing, but 
You just need other people to remind you that some of the things that feel incredibly difficult are actually normal and you can plow through it. You can get through that and you know, come out on the other side stronger and wiser. Oh yeah. And I, and I was wondering too, sometimes is it probably easy to really feel alone when you're on that journey? And I think it does. I think that, um, you know, Oklahoma city, I, I think has ended up being uniquely interesting because there are different like circles of startups and entrepreneurs um and it's funny because you know there's some groups that are very like textbook and you know we do our seed round and then a series a and you have like kind of this group that's very focused on following that textbook and then you have other ones that are you know in a different you know we're gonna get our funding this way and i don't know if it all in thinking through it maybe it's all about funding but you have these different pockets of entrepreneurs and so you know i really think that when you look at them, um, I, I think that you can feel isolated because when you're in the middle of it, the parts that you feel isolated about are the parts you don't want to admit to anyone. Mm. So you don't want to admit like, oh my goodness, I'm almost out of funding because everyone thinks that you have it together. Or, oh my goodness, like I don't want to admit that, you know, I have to go have this board meeting and, you know, we're going to have this difficult conversation. How do I get through it? I mean, there's all these things with a startup that you kind of want someone to be able to guide you to say, should I pivot? Is this time to get out? Like, what do I do here in this particular spot? So, I don't know if it's isolating. I think it's just areas that you have to be very vulnerable to admit, first off, as a startup owner. And you need someone to be vulnerable back to say, no, 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 that's normal. Or, yeah, maybe that's not. Let's shift. Maybe we can look over here. Maybe we need to pivot. But you just want someone else, especially if you're you're a single founder versus like a co-founder where you have someone else. Um, you just want someone sometimes to just have the answer for you and just be like, here's what you need to do. And I think that's where mentors come in is to be able to say, you know, I don't have the answers for you, but based on what you're saying, it looks like you have these options and just, you just need that camaraderie. And I think that that's very prevalent here in Oklahoma city. I think that it's a lot of it is about being okay with saying this feels like a failure, but I'm still going to tell you about it. And I trust that you're not going to judge me. And you're going to give me some advice that's going to help me. So I think that it's that that's what can make you feel isolated is that you don't want to, you know, you're constantly pitching as a startup. You're pitching for investors. You're pitching for clients. You're constantly saying this is the best and greatest and everything. And sometimes you have to admit your baby's ugly and say, you know what? This isn't the best and the greatest and the everything. And this is really bad right now. And you just need other people to be a leaning board on those moments where you're just, you know, you're having a bad day, but it feels like the world's coming to an end. You need the people to say, oh my goodness, but do you remember? Like, you just closed this, and you just need it. You, sometimes you just need someone to be a little bit of a cheering section for you. Oh, yeah, and I can definitely tell this is something that's very important to you and very dear to your heart. I was wondering, too, if when you were actually, uh, when you were starting your business, if, if there was any one person or, or multiple people that were really there that way for you, or if they're... There is, and it's so funny because he always he'll always laugh. But um, Scott McLean is someone who, so he was the originally he was the president of um, Sonic, and now he is he runs the HL Investments, which is the Green Family's kind of investment arm. And when I very first started, I didn't trust my instincts yet, and you know he had such a deep understanding of how businesses you know on a very scale level were run 
And that was the piece I didn't know. I mean, I know startups, but, you know, not, not the scaling piece. And I didn't trust my business instincts and that gut instinct that, you know, years later you come to realize, like, you should trust your gut. Well, he was critical to me because he would remind me that, you know, he would give his opinion, but he always respected mine in a way that made me realize that what I did think, it was valuable. Um, and he would take the time to have coffee with me and talk through, okay, I have this this startup, and here's what I'm seeing, and it looks like this. And he would come meet with me with startups and give his advice from a this kind of veteran business perspective that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't been for his willingness to kind of get in there and, and meet with these startups and ask questions that at that point in, you know, the company was in its infancy and I didn't have that experience. Um, you know, he was just, he was fundamental on giving me that runway by offering those, you know, that kind of strategy and that perspective until I actually felt confident and comfortable. Like, okay, now, yeah, I do know what I, I, I can do this. And realizing kind of your own personal, what you bring to the table, you don't have to be everything to everyone. And so he was just so valuable and such a great encouragement to me and, and a very dear friend um, to this day. And so he, he, like I said, he would laugh if he, because he always does, but, um, but he really was. He was such a great mentor to me without even knowing he was a mentor. That's really neat. I just, and, I, and I have to wonder, too, with, uh, you know, with business incubators and, and more you know, common areas for people who are starting businesses, uh, it, you know, if there, as far as your thoughts on whether the, you know that, that how, if you think that's beneficial in terms of you know being able to find people that are in the same situation you are, or what that you know how that can benefit people. I do. I'm actually part of one that's called Beta Blocks um, out of Kansas City and also Tulsa, and so I definitely, as an investor in Beta Blocks, I also serve as a mentor, so I get to kind of do the things that I love with these startups, but. Um, and not not everyone has the same philosophy around accelerators and incubators. However, the one beautiful thing in the way that at least you know, Betablox is set up is that it's a class, is the way they structure it. And they are very much able to and encouraged to you know stay together as a team, even though they're all in these individual companies, and encourage each other. Like it, It's done very, very well. It's also done very well that from the beginning there is that this is going to be really hard, you know, and I think setting the the appropriate expectation is probably helpful as well, but um, they really do such an amazing job at creating a a little community. Um, And so you have this Kansas City community and now this Tulsa community, and that's very powerful is to have other people who are in the same stage of company growth in different areas um, who are you know, given these industry, you know, very different industries that we're all from as mentors, but that's the beauty of it, is that we're able to give unique insights and thoughts and probably not always the same, but we're able to, you know, kind of give our experience back. So you kind of get that mentorship and the camaraderie and that community. So, um, you know, Wes Bergman's done a great job in creating that um, and putting that all together. It's very, very interesting. I just that whole idea of you know people being able to connect with people that are in the same you know life the same yeah. stage of 
you know, developing or, you know, starting a business and just, you know, the, the, the whole human element mm. of being able to connect with other people. And it's, it's almost as if I just through talking to you, I'm even realizing how important this really is for people. It is. It's, it is, it's just finding other people who, you know, you're, you're uniquely kind of built with this curiosity and this need to create and build, um, as an entrepreneur. And, you know, it's a unique mindset, the way that you look at things. And so when you find someone else who also kind of looks at the world that way, I don't know if it's just the curiosity factor that kind of is what makes you good at putting these pieces together to build a company. But it's so much fun because you feel like, oh my goodness, I found this, you know, like soul friend who gets it and we speak the same language. And, you know, there's just that instant camaraderie, even if it's not in the same, it doesn't have to be technology. It doesn't have to be the same anything. It's like that creative building and developing and, you know, putting these pieces together. It's like, that's that common, you know, you take it all the way down to what's the common core. It's not technology and it's not the industry. It's just this innate curiosity to problem solve and to put the pieces together to solve and build and create. And so I think that that creates this just very, like just lifelong friendship with people where you both look at the world that way. And so you almost want someone to throw you a problem so you can solve it. It's like, no, no, here, throw it this way. We'll, you know, <laughs> try to put it together and solve it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really great community to be a part of. Yeah. And it's just exciting to know that, you know, people don't have to go through this alone. That, no. You know, that there are opportunities, you know, for them to, uh, to connect with, you know, people that are in the same situation. And as you say, different, maybe a different industry, yep. you know, but, it, but, it, but to be able to connect and really under and understand and have people understand them. I yes. Think is the, yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to feel understood. That is just an innate need in us. And I think that as a startup, you can get very, like, I, like we talked about previously, you can get isolated. So if you can, you know, have other people who understand you and care about you and are in your circle of trust. There's nothing better than that. You are going, you know, that's when you can fire on all cylinders and be the best startup, the best you that you can be when you have that support system around you. I definitely appreciate it. This has been really enlightening, and I feel like I've learned a lot just having this conversation here with you today. I thought if we if we could uh, take a quick break and then come back and just hear a little bit about your life journey, you know, before business and and how you got to uh, to where you are, and and just kind of be able to hear that story. Absolutely, I would love that. Thanks so much.